is Unexpected with Hannah Love. In this podcast, you will gain a new perspective of how God loves you enough to call you to things that you couldn't have imagined for yourself. Guys, this is a really special episode, and I know I say that probably every episode, but I'm really, really excited today because I have here with me in studio a couple of dear friends and really women who have become like family to me. I've got my sister-in-law, Erica Bankston, and she is a mama of three beautiful babies. She's got a 12-year-old and 11-year-old, both little girls, and a son who is my son's age. His name is Call. I'm precious. Always wears a cowboy hat. He's five years old. Started kindergarten this year. And then I've got Kat over here on my other side, Catherine Neal. Catherine, I was so fortunate to meet her when I first moved to town. She's one of the only people who reached out and brought me into the fold when I moved to this town. She had one-year-old twins, and I had a four-month-old, and I was deep in the throes of depression, and she she brought me right on in. So, Kat, I'm so thankful that you're here today. Your twins are now older oh, than twins. they'll be seven in December. That's yeah, crazy. and then we added one more to the pack. Yeah, and then Ellie Britton came uh-huh. along. Yeah, so, so she's um, almost two. Man. Okay. Well, I'm, I love it because I kind of posted a poll and gave a tease earlier this week that we would be covering a lot of ground today on parenting. And I'm not here to tell anybody that I'm an expert or either of you are experts. Right. No way. Thank you for that. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, we're just going to put that disclaimer out right now. But we have, we've lived enough life as moms mm-hmm. to be able to share mistakes that we've made and lessons that we've learned from. And I think that today in this culture, that someone coming forward, several moms coming forward to share that kind of information is invaluable, especially right. when we're all coming from a place of honesty, vulnerability, and um, desperation. And yes, desperation <laughs> many times. Yes. And I think probably the main thing that I wanted to put out today before we hop into this conversation is that each and every one of us are moms Mm. who parent with biblical worldviews. I'm not saying everyone that listening will or wants to, but there are also a lot of conservative parents out there who have questions, who parent or want to parent similarly to moms who want their kids raised, parents that want their children raised with a biblical worldview. And when I racked my brain, I couldn't think of of two better ladies who I have seen walk that out over the years. So thank you for being here. I cherish both of you. I respect both of you greatly. And I cannot wait to see where the Holy Spirit leads this conversation today because I have a feeling it's going to be good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be so good. (laughs) I don't know about you, Kat, but I'm very humbled by that introduction. Absolutely. Um, it was the yeah. longest one yeah. I've ever given, guys. <laughs> well, and, you know, I, t- I told Hannah, too, I said, you know, the enemy knew this was coming, right? Mm-hmm. And so this week I've definitely felt some attacks and it's it's like, no, go away. Absolutely. But when we're, you know, when we're doing our work, that's when, you know, he's he's going to try to intervene. I mean, I almost left my little scripture notes at home today and I'm like, no, you're not getting in the way today. Not at all. So I just rebuke that. That's right. You know, and name. absolutely, Amen. So yeah, I, I'm just so flattered and humbled, and 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 just in that that you feel I'm I'm worth speaking to your precious audience. Well, absolutely. I think one of the biggest fears today, or one of the biggest issues today, I should say, is fear. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely, we're kind of coming up in this culture that 
perpetuates fear in a lot of arenas. And as parents, as conservative parents and as Christian parents, that can be really tough to navigate because there's there's so much going on right now in cancel culture and um, people sticking by their beliefs, people even putting out there that, oh, these are my values and then getting attacked for it. So I also thought of like when I was thinking, I was like, well, I know a couple of wonderful women and I also know that they um, will and can be bold um, because this is not a conversation, I don't think, for the faint of heart. And there were a lot of questions that people responded to in the poll about how do I teach my child about Jesus when the world is shoving this stuff down their throat? Like, how do I, where's the balance there? How do I discipline my child in this world? Like, all of these questions, and they're valid questions, and we've all asked them, and we're all still trying to figure out, really? We are in this with you. Yes. We're all still trying to do it. And I think the main takeaway, if nothing else, I want everyone listening to know is that you are not alone. Yes. We have all felt the fear. Mm-hmm. We have all felt the uncertainty of what we're doing, that children do not come with manuals. That's right. But what we do have is the word of God. Yeah. we have, And that is the greatest manual anyone could have to navigate anything that life throws at us. Well, speaking of, right. why don't we open up with... Second Timothy one seven. Do it. Let's yeah. let's let's go. Kat. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, mm. but gives us power, love, mm. and self discipline. Yes. So when you're it. feeling that fear, that's not yeah. a fear that God wants for you. He did not create that spirit for you. That's absolutely right. That's from for, the enemy. Mm-hmm. And I want to commend all of the mamas who were bold enough to ask those questions because I remember when I one of the first things. For me, whenever a lot of questions were about babies and Hannah and I were talking about that and we don't remember. Sorry, guys. I have blacked out (laughs) the newborn days. I'm going to throw it to Kat on that one because she is the youngest baby currently. I've got one in the oven, but I I guess I'm going to relearn. And haven't we prayed for that? We have prayed for this nugget. But for all the mamas out there asking about like, you know, little baby things, I apologize. But I think God made me forget that so that I would be ready to have more. (laughs) Oh, and see, I'm, addi- I, I'm addicted to the baby phase. You are. I could have newborns all the time. Yes. Oh, that I, is so I, I, opposite. <laughs> I'm that way too, Kat. That sounds so oh, bad. I don't, know that all the babies. I don't know that I'm the best at that phase, but I treasure that phase. And I commend these ladies asking these questions because I think whenever I was younger, I had a little bit of pride and I didn't always ask the questions. Mm. So the fact that, you all are asking these questions. It gives me That's so much humility. hope and joy. Yeah. Because they're wanting to do this correctly and right. And that's awesome. You yeah. know, so, so I'm excited good on you for guys. that. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder what in particular, I mean, <laughs> the newborn phase is just an exhausting phase. And I right. think that's why, you know, we forget it. Yeah. Is you are exhausted. Well, historically, every time I've had a baby, Shay starts to her. Of course. And so I think... And especially the first year for me after I had Asher, that whole year, I was in such a depressed state. I had left home. I had left my job. I left my family. I left my friends. We got married. We had a baby. Mm. I didn't know anyone in town. I had no community. And I had a a C-section. And then I recovered by myself with my baby. Mm -hmm. And I was just really. And you're lonely. Yeah. 
I legitimately like lights out would lay in the floor and sleep next to my newborn. And that was like a whole year. So for all of you moms that feel like you're a bad mom or that you're struggling and everyone else's highlight reel looks so great mm-hmm. with their newborn. Like, no, the struggles are very real. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and, and no one ex- is exempt. Nobody at all. And unfortunately, I had a much different experience with Ames. For me, COVID was a little bit of a blessing because tour did start when he was two weeks old and Shay had to come home. So Uh Shay was forced to be home for the first time in our Mm -hmm. marriage and we had a newborn and I was like, welcome to the party. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to where the fun really begins. Actually, at the end of that year, he thanked me and said, I don't know how you've done it. Look at that. So that was kind of an unexpected blessing, if you will. unexpected blessing, if you will. It sure was. (laughs) It sure was. So I'm I'm only telling my story because I just want anyone in the throes of that or in the thick of that fog to know that you're not alone. Yeah. And and ask for help. I'm not sure. And I'm not an I was not a help asker. I didn't ask Mm -hmm. anyone for help. And I'm not sure. Did you you mentioned depression and depression is something that's I'm very familiar with, not really personally, but my husband, David, who's also in the business with Hannah's husband, Shay, who I would venture to say let me just plug this <laughs> let me just like pat our husbands on the back that they probably are two of the best vocalists here in Nashville I would agree with that anyways but you know he's in that that industry and in the beginning of our marriage discovered that he was depressed and so mm-hmm. I, I wondered did you just decide to look at medicines no I didn't even like I was vaguely aware of it but I was in such a deep state that like it took clinging on to God to like pull me out of it Amen. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't think I ever and I'd I've like gone through bouts of like seasons of depression before, uh, nothing to that extent. And so I think coupled with like postpartum depression, it was like an extra layer layer mm-hmm. to that. But it really took me going through that season to cling on to Jesus. Yes. And, like, and that's the first and foremost. Right. And but secondly, you know, again, don't be scared to ask for help. Go yes. see a doctor, uh, yes. you know, find your community. You're not alone. Right. And, you know, I think this is what's amazing about your podcast is that these women, they don't feel alone. I mean, I hope. I hope they feel that way. But, yeah, they do. That's me for the newborn phase. And I know that that's different for everyone. But I think that first experience really got in my head, if you will. What was Mm. hard with you, Hannah, too, since I did get to see some of it up close is you internalize a lot. And I think a lot of women do that because yes. we're in that survival phase. That was before phase. my healing phase, guys. You that know? was before I knew there was chronic <laughs> yes, okay. you're, sur- yeah. you're in the middle. You're surviving. And this is something I was talking to my husband about was, you know, when you first have babies, I remember going through a phase of just thinking, okay, if I can just get them fed and in bed, I'm a really amazing mom and I'm going to survive this phase. And you, Hannah, for some reason, and I really think this was a calling upon your life super early, you never felt like that. You had this deep calling to motherhood, even though you were having those feelings. I do believe that God was calling you to motherhood. At that time, Asher was a little bitty baby. And you, from the moment he was in your belly, I remember you reading to him telling him how amazing he was and that God had a purpose for his life. Oh, speaking affirmations. All the time. And I remember being around Hannah as an older mother and thinking, what is this? I mean, I want to be like this. And Hannah, you, 
I, I really feel like the Holy Spirit, because you were asking and you said you drew near to God, he equipped you in a way that maybe you didn't even realize at the time, but looking back, there was never a moment you really truly were alone. And I know that Asher is reaping the benefits of all of those prayers and affirmations. And it's pretty amazing. I know all of your listeners follow your stories and all of us look at, at you and we think, wow, yes. I want to be a mom like yeah. Hannah, you know? And so I just want to, I want to say that from the perspective as your sister-in-law. Well, you are kind. You know, and, and you're also you very partial. Uh, <laughs> you know that uh, no one is the perfect mom. And I know that I actually do get a lot. People are like, you're always so calm. Are you yeah. always so calm? Are you always so patient? I'm pretty sure my brother told me he went on a date one day. And the, the first <laughs> question the girl asked was like, is your sister really that nice? <laughs> To her kids. Yes. yes. The, the answer, answer is yes. yes. And I was like, <laughs> Listen what? To sweet, the <laughs> answer is voice. yes. Is it unbelievable that I'm nice to my children? No. <laughs> um, no I definitely um, I definitely snap and have my moments because um, I'm patient to a point, you know, and I think I think that's all moms. And you say you're an old mom. You had your first baby when you were how old? I think I was 21. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So talk about young mom. That was yeah. a whole other season. I bet you're right. That's so something you could speak to yes. is really young moms. Mm -hmm. You got married really young. Yes. And so for you, that was a transition. And actually, one of the questions that we got a lot was that transition yeah. mm -hmm. from workplace to being a stay at home, home mom. mom. Mm -hmm. um, that was that was really hard for me. Now, I'm I'm super independent and I know both of you girls yeah. are super independent. Fiercely. Uh, <laughs> and let me just say, Erica, you know, owns her own company. She owns a brokerage and she's she's a, a boss woman. And so. And Kat is an event planner. Like everyone here does something on top of their main focus, which is being a mom. That's our first, like, that's our first purpose, right? Like, that's why. That's our mission field. That's what, that's our, that's our battlefield. Mm -hmm. And so, Erica, you, you've hopped into that real early and i know asher was not planned i felt like 25 was an early age to have a baby <laughs> yes. but 20, the thought of it being a 21 year old had a baby yeah yeah, yeah. it's true you could yeah. speak to a lot of the things that you probably went through absolutely i could speak to to a lot of things to not do <laughs> um, i was about to say i've asked for a lot of forgiveness yeah. of the things i did at 21 yeah. can i just say you know, and I shared this with you, Hannah, when we were in preparation of this and my husband, I think every couple, I was telling Hannah, I think every couple has one in the marriage that's just really amazing at parenting. It's just by nature, really amazing at parenting. And you know, Cody, he's, he's a cowboy for those that don't know him or me, but he is an amazing man and he's just full of good character and all the right things. I call him my Andy Griffith. And he's so hands on with the kids. And I remember thinking very early watching him. I thought, I, there's no way I'm never going to compare to my husband. And a couple of years ago, this was a recent thing for me. Hannah was telling me, sis, I'm praying over you that God really changes the desires of your heart to be like his heart. Because I think where the brokenness came from and the inadequacy was I thought I was broken because I didn't focus on my kids like Cody did. I didn't even have those feelings naturally where my every thought was about my child. I was very career driven. I was driven to be a good wife, but naturally it just didn't, the advice, the nurturing didn't come to me like it did Cody. And I just, 
I felt very inadequate. And that was something the enemy just really used. And Hannah told me that one day. And I'm telling you, since that moment, I started praying for wisdom and parenting. And it's like God just met me there. And I want to thank you for that, Hannah. That's why it's so important to have communities great. But I think we also need women in our life that can tell us the truth, mm-hmm. the bold truth, push you. Mm-hmm. and push you to growth. That's very important. And, and I'm so, not a bold person, but um, you've gotten there. I've, I'm getting <laughs> thanks to <laughs> thanks to you and and the fam. I married into a fiery family um, in bless the very heart. best way, and so that's um, what we say. Bless your heart, um, sis. Bless, bless yeah, your bless heart. Your heart. No. I'm I'm so blessed. But but yes, I have learned to start sticking up standing up being a little more bold where where I know I can yes because you know if you know if that is a solid relationship I know that we have a rock solid relationship and I knew that I could speak because there are things that I've said to you not often (laughs) because there's not a lot to say you're you're just an absolute gem but there have been things that I felt led to say to you and even to Gabby yes you know that other people would be like you, you said you, that? Excuse me? Like, I remember <laughs> Shay even being like, I'm sorry. You said what? <laughs> to, to my sister? To Gabby? And I'm like, yeah, I felt like God told me to say it. So, yes. and it was thankfully well-received, but, I, but I've been yes. in positions where I have spoken the truth. I felt like in love yes. um, to people I love in my life, and it wasn't well-received. Mm-hmm. But I, at the end of the day, I feel like that was what God asked me to do. So this is... The moral of the story is if, if if you have a friend and they're struggling or you see, you recognize the Holy Spirit, if you ask him, if you pray for your friends and your family, he will guide and direct you. And Hannah is a voice in my life like mm-hmm. that. And now I, I ask her, I come to her, hey, sis, you know, what do you see? What do you think? And, you know, I just think that's the wisdom of the Holy Spirit to surround you with people who can speak into your life because growth is the goal as a mom and i told you this hannah and i don't want to be lengthy on this but i think the culture right now you know with men we hear you can be a good father but it takes a man to be a good dad right but with mothers you immediately get this you're a great mom as soon as you have the baby people want and it's a good thing to encourage each other right but the danger of that at least for me was i was falsely staying in this state just sedentary motherhood, just complacency, complacency. And I needed growth. Right. Right. Because that's where you're going to find the most fulfillment Mm -hmm. is when you're growing and you're getting to know your kids. That's right. And you have that relationship. Yes. I actually wrote something down like on this. And, you know, yesterday I sent both of you ladies a podcast to listen to just because it it was on statistics Mm -hmm. of the millennials. Um, And this particular statistic was done millennials born between 84 and 2002. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's all of us. We're all here. I was due in 83, so I'm like, I am not. <laughs> I'm like, you're can not I disqualify it? myself as a millennial? Kat, you're one of us. Okay, just get used to it. Um, hop in. Hop on in. Um, but in it, it, it's just, it's fascinating because our generation makes up a third of the voting population. Okay. Our demographic, we're the primary parents in this like world right which is kind of like whoa and we're the honestly we're the greatest influencers of the time 
Uh, right? Probably because history. We make up we make up the workforce. Yes. We are the primary parents. Our children are the ones who make up the children in the schools. Mm-hmm. And so if you look at it like that, we have great influence. And in that sphere, what the influence is for us is we are raising the next generation. Mm. So I think the question that everyone is asking that really it all boils down to how to how do we do better? How do we raise our kids to step into this world knowing who they are, knowing whose they are, and knowing that they have a purpose and that they're going to go out there and stand for what is right even when it's hard? Mm, That's good. What I wrote down yesterday after listening to that podcast was it said like 80% of millennials don't know, like four out of five, don't know what their purpose is. Mm. Like everyone is just longing to find I resonate with some yeah like everyone's Mm -hmm. looking and it also said I think more than 90 Mm percent have no foundation in the Bible oh wow like no no reference even and Mm -hmm. so when I started this podcast I was like oh no one wants to hear Bible stories let's Sunday school stuff and Mm -hmm. and I listened to that podcast and I was like whoa like there's so many that's astounding yes it is that and sad don't know any of the Bible. Okay, well, and, and that's, I'm not judging. I'm just yeah. like, that was me taking for granted sure. my upbringing. That's yes. right. It starts yes. in the it home, starts, Hannah. Right? I mean. It starts in the home. And so the, home. The, the line that this man said that so many millennials use is, well, life is just what you make mm-hmm. it. Life is just what you make it, which means you are the source mm. for finding it's your happiness. You are the f- source for finding your success. You, you mm-hmm. can do it. Okay. You and can that's save yourself. Why, sure. Right. And that's why you hear so many millennials. We are also the highest, highest demographic for suicide. Right. Hearing of, that broke of, my heart. Of all time. Okay. <laughs> so this is, this is what I wrote down. I said, life isn't just what you make it. Mm-hmm. Life should be pursuing what God has called you to. And in that pursuit, you will find freedom and fulfillment. The millennial generation is living under the lie that it is up to them to make things happen and that they must do it all in their own strength. We can't. And we weren't made to. We were made to exist within an intimate relationship with the one true God. And then through that, we're equipped to succeed. And not only succeed, but live a life of abundant joy and contentment. Come on with it. Yeah. Preach. Come on with uh-huh. it. Sis. Bring it. Um, I mean. And I didn't mean to just like write that whole like good. letter down, but I was just like, I feel this. Oh, like, that's spirit led right there. That, the word. That yes. is a heaviness mm-hmm. on our generation that we feel that we have to get things done and that life is what oh, we make it. It's exhausting. And it's exhausting. And that's not how God built it. No. That's not the design that he has. Okay, guys, I just wanted to take a pause really quick to tell you more about one of our partners, Crew. It goes without saying that the Bible has changed my life. My life is what it is because of what I've learned in the Bible. But imagine for a second that you couldn't get a Bible. You couldn't hop on Amazon and get one sent to your house or even afford one. Take it a step further and imagine that you aren't even allowed to have one. Honestly, sometimes we forget that there are people Lots of people all around the world who simply can't get a Bible. That's why we are thrilled to partner with Crew. Crew is one of the largest evangelical organizations with over 25,000 missionaries in almost every country. Crew is giving Bibles around the world to people in their own heart language. 
and sharing the hope of Jesus. But here's where they need your help. For only $21 a month, you can provide three people with Bibles each and every month. When you sign up to provide three Bibles with a monthly gift of $21, as a thank you, Crew will provide meals to five hungry families through their humanitarian aid ministry. Simply text BIBLES to 71326 to help today. Imagine just how much this gift could change someone's life. So text BIBLES to 71326. That's B-I-B-L-E-S to 71326 to help now. Or visit give.crew.org slash unexpected. Message and data rates may apply. Imagine trying to find peace in the midst of what we just listened to, that life is what you make it. So how do you have a peace and joy that's beyond, as Christians, like we, the word says, beyond all understanding, you don't. And as a mom, I don't know about you too, and I, I think I know the answer to this, but that to me, peace in my home is probably the single most important thing to me, right? Mm-hmm. Just having peace. Yes. yes. And apart from the Lord, there is not any yeah. peace. I mean, you if know? you are even alive on the planet, you're aware that there is so much going on mm-hmm. and not not just going on but coming at mm-hmm. us frankly yeah. chaos it's the opposite yeah. of price i mean yeah. the 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 whole reason I'm, we're having this conversation today mm-hmm. is because i felt like if for no other reason someone needs to stand up and say we're conservative parents mm-hmm. this is what we believe it is the truth it is my belief i won't push it on anyone no. i want everyone to find this hope and freedom that we have yes but it is what we believe and as of right now, we still live in America and we still have the freedom to believe it and to have an opinion and to speak it. And um, to still worship God. And to, still, and to still worship God. And so I, I really think that, and I'm not, I'm a nine on the Enneagram, but I was <laughs> like, you know what? <laughs> yeah, I was like, you know what? I was like, the Holy Spirit said, you cannot fight a battle if you don't engage. Come on. Yeah, I didn't ask for a battle, but the battle feels like it has been dropped on our doorstep. If you were a parent out yes. there, yeah. the battle is it's there. You it is choose. right there coming at your kids, coming right. for your home, coming for the future generation. That's right. You can fight or not, but it's there. Sis, and, and I just I want to take up my sword and be like, OK. Oh, what I is it? Ephesians it. 6. Taking on the armor of God. Oh, we've we have just been talking about this all morning, Sis, Kat. That is exactly what I it. woke up with. And that's how we and, and we we, Amen. we we talk to this and we pray over our children for them. So Amen. tell everyone to have the honor of God. So uh, honor Amen. Of God. Tell everyone, because I know I've seen you do this with your children, tell everyone how you and your home mm-hmm. have worked with your babies to put on the armor. Well, you know, a lot of these questions talked about, you know, discipline and parenting and upbringing. And the thing that I always align everything that I that I try to teach my children, it all begins with the fruit of the spirit. Mm-hmm. Galatians five twenty two. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, yes. peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. It starts there. Yes. And my kids at the age of three, I'm gonna I'm gonna brag a little bit. They knew <laughs> their fruits of the spirit. Yes. yes. And yes. right now in church, Hannah and I, yes. we attend the same church. They're doing a series on yeah. the fruit of the spirit. And I'm like. This is no coincidence It's not um, because we are to be fruit bearers. Amen. And there's just something about seeing our children's eyes. 
light up when they're familiar with something. Yes. Yes. That's being talked about. You know, Asher came home one day from Sunday school and I was like, what did, what lesson, what story did you hear about today? And he already knew. I mean, it was Zacchaeus and, and he, I mean, he broke it down for me. Wow. And, I, but he was so excited about it. And I think that the other part, I mean, we've all, we've all established that like the parents, the family unit, the nuclear unit mm-hmm. of what is being attacked today. Yes. Um, and what's important about that is the mom and the dad both coming alongside yes. to start pouring into your children at that young age. Asher accepted Jesus as his self. He, oh, oh as no. his, as his personal savior He's on Palm Sunday. This. And it was, it was like one of the most pure and precious moments and it had all kind of been leading up to mm-hmm. that and i was just like bowled over that god mm-hmm. let it be me yeah that led him through that prayer but it's because for his whole life everything that happens i try and flip it and turn it into um what does god say about that amen what go. does god say training, about that is sis, that you're kind? training him yes. was this kind or was mm-hmm. this right was this the right thing to do and i pray mm. i've prayed what over a gentle that way and christ-like way as a shepherd yes, you are yes, a shepherd. amen yes and and every night i've prayed over that child father god help us choose to do the right thing even if it's the hard thing That's right and there have been lessons that he's learned and he'll and I would, I, um, that positive reinforcement, I'd be mm-hmm. like, baby, you did the right thing. Even when your friend told you to do something different, you chose to do the right thing. And I'm so proud of you. Yes. I'm so proud of you. And if you can make that connection for your child. Yes. Not just to teach them the things, but to point it out mm-hmm. in everyday little moments. Right. That's when it clicks for them. That's mm-hmm. exactly right. And that's who they become. It is. And they're also realizing that when they go through hard times or hard moments, that it's like Kat is doing, they start thinking about the Word of God and the fact that the Word of God is the answer to any circumstance. And I will just encourage you, my parents did this. My mom homeschooled us. And one, the very first verse I remember, I was probably Asher and Call's age, and she made us write it, and it was, Do not repay evil for evil or insult mm-hmm. with insult, but with mm-hmm. blessing, for unto this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. I still, to this day, in the workplace, in my relationships, in my marriage, that plays in my head over and over, and the Word of God never, ever comes back void, right? And so I would just speak to, Hannah, you said we've got a battle right now going on and that we have to stand up. We have to identify our enemy. I think that's That's so important. And as we know, the Bible says we do not battle against flesh and blood. That's right. Uh -uh, That's right. right. We battle against the principalities and the powers and the dark things of the world. There is an enemy to your soul. And so once we acknowledge the enemy is not people on the other side of the aisle or people who don't know the Lord, we are able to love those people and speak truth because they're not our enemy. They're not our target. That's right. We're praying over them and they're their cherished. children. They're children of God. That's too. exactly right. And so to focus our energies and our prayers and our battle towards the correct enemy is so important. Yeah. That's right. You know, We're that's equipping right. That's right. the next soldiers. That's, that's right. right. That's right. That's right. And you know, when you were talking, you know, both talking, what I hear the Holy Spirit saying is 
you're teaching your children a different language. You're teaching them yes. another mm. language, okay? And as an yes, educator, I've studied, I know that between the ages of five and seven, that's when you really want to capitalize on mm. on teaching them a, a, yes. a foreign language. Yes. Uh-huh. Okay, so why don't we let this be their language? I mean, right. wow. I mean, I'm, I'm new to, um, I grew up Baptist, <laughs> and I'm new to a more charismatic faith. <laughs> I, like I said, I'm married into a fiery family, and I got uh, baptized in the Holy Spirit, and, you know, have a prayer language now that's just it's a heavenly language and I remember I wanted it so desperately and then when it finally happened (laughs) I just I mean I've been on fire ever since but I just thought I want my babies to be surrounded by this because Erica I've seen you and your family and and you were raised in it you were raised all around it. This yeah. is not foreign to you. It was foreign to me. Okay, all those meme accounts. That's like um, there's you send one, me all the yes, time. Yes, and it's yes. like the the Pentecostal something, and I'm, and it's like when a Baptist walks into a Pentecostal church, and it's so accurate. I'm like, people are just speaking in oh foreign word. languages, and it's like a wild heavenly party in there, but like in the best way. Um, but I listened to something on it once, and he said, our children need to be exposed to that the supernatural mm-hmm. for them yes should shouldn't be foreign it should be natural for them to and so i would pray over asher at night in a heavenly language oh and he would love it oh, and cool. and he would ask me he would be like mommy can you pray in that special language wow see and it's <laughs> and it's it's drawing to them yes and cat what you said we're equipping them, but what do you equip someone with? What is the armor of God? The armor That's good. is yes. the shield and the helmet and the belt and the sandals of peace. Yes. It's all those things, but what do you use to fight? You use a sword. That's right. What is the sword? The sword is the word of God. Word of God. Amen. Which when he comes back on that great day, hmm. that is what's going to come out That's of his right. mouth. And it's double edged. Yes. The, yes. the word of God is double edged sword. And what that means is it will cut you with the truth. Yes, but it will fight with the truth. It will save you with the truth. And I think that that is the line that all of us as parents have come to Man. today is wielding the sword of truth yes. without backing down and saying, I'm really sorry that the world doesn't agree with me. And that's OK, that's because okay. the Bible also tells us that whoever is a friend of the world is an enemy to God. That's right. That's a scary and thing. And I would rather hold my ground. I would rather see my children. And we'd rather be the minority. That's right. And we are. That's And we are. Absolutely. And yeah. that is, it is such a scary place to be. But yeah. I, I've told both of y'all this this week. I don't want to go to heaven and tell Jesus I was a nice lady. I, I do not. When you said that, but I will not. say, yes. you are a nice yes. I don't want to yes. go to heaven <laughs> just to just to say, well, I was a nice lady. Amen. Like, what did you do to be salt and light? That's right. What did you do with what I gave you? What? Who did you raise your children to be and to know who they are? Were you ashamed of me, or were you That's aligned? Right. That I I think one thing to note for everyone listening: something that the enemy is trying to do is remove Jesus. From the conversation and the trying. Bible, they're doing. <laughs> I mean, the sister. It's been it's, removed. It's 1962 from, is even, when they said it was unconstitutional to pray in schools. That's right. He he's been gone a while. He's been out of the conversation. It's so right. true. But even within the church, I think there's this push to make church more comfortable for the masses, right? Mm, and right. so Jesus is the controversy. And the Bible says, even in the beginning, Jesus was the Word. And the word was with God and the word was God. So not only 
are we having the word removed? But if you really think about who Jesus is, he is the word. Jesus is the word. And so we have got to be careful that we do not conform and we do not try to just say, okay, God, help us today. God, use the name of Jesus. Make sure that your kids use the name of Jesus because that's what the heavenly father says to do. We only get to God through Jesus. Compromise is the the only way. Battle against that parents because I'm telling you, Jesus is the only way to the Heavenly Father. And if you're not telling your kids this, you're not telling them the truth and you're not protecting them from anything, you know, and we have to we have to speak the name of we, Jesus. And yeah. and what is love? And we kind of touched on this, but like if I really love y'all, mm-hmm. am I going to sit around and watch you make choices that are not aligned with what God has asked us to do in the Bible? If I really love you, that's good. Mm-hmm. That's good. What am I going to do? Am, am I going to say you do that. That's no. your truth. I no, want that's you. Your truth. Hey, you know, your am, I gonna, truth. am I going to tell you that it's your truth and you should do it? No. I'm Amen, saying, sis. And I appreciate say, that so much. I, I just do. want somebody to be direct yes, with me. me I'm, I'm going to say, Kat, I love you. Absolutely. But this is not what God has called you to do. This, And I'm going to walk with you. And that's the thing. You can't just call someone out, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, there has to be love relationship yes. and relationship behind that. Mm-hmm. You you sit there and you if you love someone mm-hmm. and you will call them out on truth, say, I'm going to hold your hand mm-hmm. and we're going to work through this. Yep. And you are not going to be alone in it. And That's you were right. never alone because God was with you. And Jesus has given us the Bible. But like, here I am, your friend who loves you. And, yes. and I'm going to tell you, this is not right. This is not what the Bible says, and, and we're going to do this together. And I love that, that is what you. love is. Yeah. Okay. And that's rare. It's that's, rare. It's rare, and it's real. And 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 her generation again, I think, has fallen into the trap of honestly enablement mm-hmm. because what we've done is we've oh, find don't get me started we on find groups of people yeah. who are also in that lukewarm place who are like, oh yeah, I go to church or mm-hmm. you know I this or that, but I also love to like party and rage on the weekend. Again, whatever y'all, whatever anyone is doing out there, there's no judgment here. I'm not here to cast a stone like my sin is my sin. And it is no worse than anything else out there. Okay. That's what the Bible tells us. That sin is sin is sin. That's Mm -hmm. right. And I'm a sinner. That's right. But if you love someone, you will call them to that truth. And if you really want to work on your walk, what you will do is you'll look around and you will start surrounding yourself with people who love you enough. That's right. To not enable that behavior, mm-hmm. but sharpen you because Absolutely. iron sharpens iron. And this is really a good point that you're making towards one of the other questions about discipline. That's right. Because mm. I think that is a very hot topic among millennials. I know that a lot of people have come from a place where there wasn't healthy discipline. That's right. So it was punishment. Really, it was punishment. And then they grow up with, well, knowing how to put down boundaries. Absolutely. Right. Right. And they think that they are protecting their children when they do that. Because there's trauma there. Absolutely. And I think that's one of the greatest lies of the enemy because, you know, as we were talking about this, without discipline as a child, how are you trained to be a disciplined adult? That's right. right? So that is your moment. And I think Dr. Dobson, who is one of our favorites and yes. was the podcast. I'm going to give him a shameless plug. He's I was so precious. If you are a parent and you need parenting That's advice, right. there there you go. Dr. James Dobson. He's amazing. Podcasts, books. books yep. Amazing. But he, he touched on 
discipline and what it looks like as adults when you don't have that healthy Mm. discipline and you think that you're protecting your child you think that you are but you're not you're creating entitlement entitlement. and Hannah you are so good I want to just say this you are so good with discipline as an adult you're a disciplined adult but you are I've watched you with the boys you get down on their level and you don't just punish the boys you really talk them through and you're training them and you tell them much like my husband Cody Andy Griffith you're telling them the reason yes. behind do y'all ever remember and, as kids when you would I mean we got spankings <laughs> and I turned mm-hmm. out just fine oh, yeah, do y'all remember I though did. I feel like <laughs> all the people my age in the Bible Belt in my area mm-hmm. like we all talk about this story but like if you ever got a spanking you're the first thing your parents did was say I'm doing this why? Because, because I, love I love you. Yes. And you will not understand that until you're a parent. <laughs> yeah. That's what mine would say. And you're yes. come Sunday down here to the South. And yes. you'll, you'll hear it. Yes. Uh, because, uh-huh. And you know, yes. here's the thing. Children thrive when they have boundaries. Absolutely. Because boundaries represent security. Mm-hmm. When they know that there is a line that they cannot cross and that that sense of security is there, that their parent yes. will always step in if mm-hmm. they get too close to that line. That is a sense of security. It is. Okay. And... I'm like on my soapbox about I'll it. Get on it. Go Stay on. on it. We're and with it, you. And it's the same. It's like you said, it's the same with adults. Mm-hmm. The Bible yes, is our right. boundary line. Yes. And if we do not have something to point us to mm-hmm. right and wrong, there won't be a sense of security because then morality becomes mm-hmm. subjective. Yep. And morality is not subjective. It sure isn't. No matter what society wants to say today, even the statistics prove that when we adhere to the values of the Bible and God's way, it works, right? Right. We're seeing millennials, and and Dr. Dobson talked about this, divorce is so high, the breakdown of the family, it starts with the breakdown of the family. And so millennials do not have that guidance because they didn't have a mother and a father in the home i do want to i do want to encourage those single mamas because i have a ton of single mama friends Mm -hmm. who are doing an amazing amazing job and filling all the roles and filling all the roles but the bible does say that he will be a father the fatherless and the husband and so we need to remember that you are not you are completely equipped to do my business partner she's a single mama and she talks about this and she says the lord tells me all the time i am gifted and called to do the work that he has set before me including parenting so i just want to speak to you single mamas and single fathers out there she's got five kiddos you can do this god is with you and imagine if god is going to be their father if god's going to step in and be your husband i can't think of a better right a better fit for that that's right so you can do this but it starts with the breakdown of that family and when you don't have that when you don't have both it is very hard sometimes to implement that discipline because women we want to nurture right Right. and it's a little harder for us to and we don't have those big deep voices that's right right. (laughs) and i don't know about you guys but it's a difference between Mm -hmm. men and women when when cody tells my kids to do something there's like an immediate respect and they want to push boundaries with me because i just want to hold them them. and love them you know well what's interesting over here and i don't know about you cat but with our dynamic because Shay has 
been on the road so mm-hmm. much or is on the road so much, I have found myself as the primary disciplinarian. Cat, you too. And so what that means for me is that Daddy's the fun one. Okay. Yes. That's, that's what it means. <laughs> good cop, bad cop. That, good yes, cop, bad cop. Yes. And, and as much as I resent that, what that tells me is that Shay and I need to do a better job of communicating where we are on these issues, whatever it is at the time that we're going through that we need to work in our discipline, that I need him to be on the same page as me. Consistency. Consistency. Mm-hmm. Because if one child is getting discipline from one parent, but then yes. goes to the other parent, and it may be this way if if there's divorce and they go from one home to another home. Different job schedules. Different job schedules. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, my heart breaks because mm-hmm. you still want those two parents to come to a place where where the consistency is more important than whatever yes. differences you have for the yes. sake of your child and for the sense of security that they are yes. going to have. And when I say... I just want to go back here. When I say I was spanked, I mean I was spanked, and it was fine. It, and yes. and I'm fine. That we didn't get beat. I spanked right. my kid last night. That's I. I, and, spanked I and that's a last kids. resort. Yeah, we, it is a last resort. Yeah. And here's the thing: every child is different. Every yep. child will take a different yeah. tactic. Oh, that's Asher, good. Asher is the most tender-hearted yes. little baby, and I could raise my voice to him, and it would break his heart. Yes. Okay, and but now Ames. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's a, he's, <laughs> he's a little child. bit of a harder shell. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm just I'm just gonna go into like practicalities of disciplining really quick yes. just because, yeah. because it was asked about. Yeah. with Ames very stubborn, not tender hearted. I mean he is, he is, but like he's more stubborn than he is tender, mm-hmm. if you will. And so for example, if you have a child that is has that stubborn streak in them, is very strong willed, what I'm gonna tell you is you have to break that now before they become an adult who starts living out really harmful behaviors because Mm -hmm. that's not just going to affect them but all of their relationships moving forward as an adult or redirect that strength right redirect Redirect it it because that's that's what they tell you um and actually i think that sounds fun network just picked up raising boys and girls Mm -hmm. oh yeah oh i listened to that and i just i'm still reading through the book but Mm -hmm. it's but it's about your child's milestones it's called are my kids on track right so there's another resource for you and it's christian-based talks about boys and it talks mm-hmm. about girls and that is probably from like seven on but mm-hmm. i'm already reading it because we're close and they we're have and there. then they have wild things which is tailored towards yes, raising boys. boys and that's really so fantastic yes, absolutely and then raising worry-free girls yes mm-hmm. and and i don't have girls and <laughs> i might never <laughs> you have nieces i for sure right. this one was a girl <laughs> I, I, did just, too. I did too um but but it is you do need to be aware as a parent that boys are God made them well, they innately wired different oh, yeah. than girls. And yep. so there are different. What a beautiful that, thing. What yes. a beautiful thing. But going back to Ames, I mean, as a one and a half year old, he'll say no. And he would throw food from his high chair <laughs> onto the ground. And yep. I would say, no, mm-hmm. don't do it again. And then he would do it again. And what did I do? I slapped that little hand so hard mm-hmm. that it was red. Mm-hmm. And he screamed and cried. And it wasn't because it hurt. Mm-hmm. It's because he was yeah. mad. Yeah. Okay. And, and so, shocked. So, fast, yes, so yes. fast forward and we will go through the same situation. Okay. He'll throw something on the ground and anchor. I'll say, pick it up. 
I'll count to three. And okay, the, all the experts, Dr. Dobson <laughs> will tell you never to count, okay? And the the reasoning behind this is, I'm, I'm going to tell you the reasoning and then I'm going to tell you I still count a little bit. <laughs> the reasoning is you would not count to three if your child was standing in the middle of the road. Oh, right. Okay, for sure. So okay, don't say one, two, three. What my tactic has been is up into a certain age. Yes. Counting to three for me is like they're learning that like, this is your limit. One, it's a boundary. One, yes. two, three. And if you get to three, boom, you either get a swat on the bottom or a slap on the hand. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that is consequence. Yeah. Right. And then once they get a certain age, you don't get a count. You just obey mommy because mm-hmm. mommy has rules. Mommy and daddy have because rules for a, a reason. commandment. That's right. One of the first Bible verses that Asher has learned is obey your parents for yes. this is right isn't yes. that ephesians 6 isn't yes. that i think is it, it 6, is 11 well, oh it was my crazy goodness i when, remembered it well when cat <laughs> when cat said ephesians 6 earlier it was crazy cat because and this is just how the lord works you guys i woke up at 1201 mm. and i wrote down Did ephesians you? and about the armor of god mm. and i think he was he just confirmed that with with that being on your heart as well and that's what he will do it's so amazing Anyway, I just had to tell you that. I just thought that was so amazing. She did. It's pretty awesome. I'm curious because, you know, parents are asking about punishment or discipline. Mm -hmm. Aside from spanking, do you guys have any other creative? Yeah. Well, I was just going to wrap that up with like, if you don't nip it, Mm. then. And my sister, I have a nephew who is 12, 13, like Mm -hmm. right there at at Ellie's age. And so luckily she's gone before me. And so she can teach me some of these things. But I remember her saying when Asher was little, I remember her saying, you have to set the boundaries Mm -hmm. and they will learn what the boundaries are and Mm -hmm. they will grow. And as they get older, they will decide that they want to push the boundary and see if they've changed. (laughs) So what happens is you go through seasons of everything's fine. And then all of a sudden, it seems like they're just acting like crazy people. And you're like, do you not remember the time? And they push the boundaries again. Mm -hmm. And that's when you draw the line again for them. And that's what they're asking for. That is what your child is asking for when they're pushing you. They're asking for you to be the parent. Push back. That's good, to Hannah. push back, to give them a boundary and let them have that security. Yeah, because right. in the 18 years that we That's have right. them in our home, which doesn't seem like a lot. Yes. It, it's evolving, right? right. And what yes. works at one age is not going to work at work the next. Another. Time out worked for Asher for a while. You know, great. They say give what a minute per eight, per, age, per, yeah. per year, per year. right? Yeah, yes. um, for timeout, and that works for some kids. Mm-hmm. And then you've got your really strong-headed children. Now, Ames, I- I'm telling you, we went a couple of weeks, and his little hand—it was so sad. His yeah. little hand was really red. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But his tears were tears of anger. Yes. <laughs> um, and you know as and a mom. And I know as a mom. Mm-hmm. And so it would take a whole day of him fighting me on something. Yeah. And after that, it was fine. Because he, the message got across that when mommy asked him to pick something up, when he did something he was not yeah. supposed to do out of anger, that I addressed it. And now he knows. Mm-hmm. And and he's so, I will say, he's so well-behaved, sis. And it's not because I beat them. I don't know. You do not beat your children. But they also know know that if they act a certain way, that there will be a consequence for it. And that's how you raise (laughs) 
Yeah. Adults who respect authority. Well, I could think Absolutely. of some adults that need a slap on uh, the hand. That right. need a consequence. Right. You yes. can, well, it's like you <laughs> can almost, happen. we could all sit here yeah. and think of adults yes. in our lives oh, yeah. who were that childlike Ames yes. who would temperamentally throw the fit mm-hmm. and their mama would probably be like, oh, it's okay, baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And enablement has created a grown version of a toddler. <laughs> yes. yes. They're disabled. They, that's that's right. so they can't true. get through life. So I mean, really so what true. we're walking around with now, and my, my mom even said this one day, my mom's sweetest, most soft-spoken little lady. She is. And she said something along the lines of this the whole generation is just entitled because mm-hmm. no one, no one disciplined them. Mm-hmm. And it's, what? How many parent? How many yeah. adults do you know our age that are entitled? What's wrong with our culture right mm-hmm. now? A whole generation. Well, we got rid. Let me talk about the school system too. Uh, yeah. Back to that. We oh, got gosh. rid of corporal punishment. I mean, yeah. I know that's probably a sensitive subject. No. I don't care. We oh. got spanked at our school. I did too. Sure, I did too. Sure. My mom was a and now the, teacher. the tolerance. I saw it firsthand working in education. Yeah, the tolerance is out of control. They're rewarding it. They're yes. rewarding it. So this generation, so if you think about a whole generation of toddlers who grew up enabled and without boundaries mm-hmm. and full of entitlement, then they've grown up to be adults who are now <laughs> leading policies, leading movements and making demands. Yeah. OK, is that not what we see in the headlines every day yep. is some group that's making demands because they deserve it. Why? Because they say so. Absolutely. It, yeah. And if you disagree, and it's if violent. You, if you disagree, mm-hmm. it's violent. Mm-hmm. Your words will get twisted in a minute. Absolutely. And the hypocrisy yeah. of it is stunning. Yeah. Because if we voice an opinion that is different from another opinion, yeah. that's hate, right? Mm. But the other side of it, yeah. they can do whatever because they were never told no. Right. And it does seem that our government is rewarding mm-hmm. that behavior. So, of course, it's going to carry on. Absolutely. And I'm sorry. I don't care which side of the aisle you're on. It's not about sides. It's about. It is not about. Have a discussion. You know, it's so important. Free speech, I think, is this one of the most, if not the single most important issue in our nation right now. It It is one of the most important issues. We should be able to have a conversation and have beliefs no matter what they are and, and be respectful and be yeah. respectful about it. And we should not feel like you alluded to earlier, even said earlier about that we would be canceled or people wouldn't want to talk to us anymore. That's just, to me, that's hateful. That's violence. That's right. We should, that's what separates America from every other country is the ability to believe what we want to believe. Right. And I, as a parent, am saying today on this podcast and every day, anyone asks me free speech I will stand up for free speech. Mm -hmm. I will stand up for your rights. I will stand up for my rights. But the moment that someone says that my kids can't say something or I can't say something that that's going to be some that's my line. Right. That's my line. Hey, friends, I just wanted to take another pause to tell you about a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. So as a mom, I feel like I am in a constant state of problem solving. It can even become overwhelming when you get so stuck in problems that you can't seem to get a solution. If you've ever been there, I may have just the thing for you. BetterHelp. 
Y'all know I'm a proponent of therapy, and one of the main reasons is that a therapist can help equip you with tools for processing and problem solving. So if you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. You can even get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey and switch therapists at any time. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com unexpected today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot unexpected. And now back to our conversation. Something that the Holy Spirit was revealing to me. I'm, I don't know. Have y'all been watching Serena Williams in her last U.S. Open? I mean, this is she's mm-hmm. retiring. No, I haven't. Yeah, so she's retiring. And last night, she the odds were so against her, mm. and she won in three sets, beat the number two seed player, Amazing. and it was just this beautiful thing to watch. And at the end, the interviewer said. You know, did you, I mean, did you ever like doubt yourself, you know, at this, at this level? And she just, she looked at the interviewer and just laughed and said, oh, I'm Serena. Ah, it's just so cool because I just, I, I have felt, even when I was on a run yesterday, I'm going to make sense of this. I promise. I love analogies. So watching her perform and in her answer, she said, you know what? I got nothing to lose. Mm, good. That's so good. I got nothing. To, I'm playing this good because I'm playing because I have nothing to lose. Because she's already made the decision, you know, this might be my last hoorah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So when I want, I want to parlay and compare disciplining into being an athlete. Mm. I like to think of myself as an athlete. Right. I love working out except with the exception of, of rest. I'm working out every day. And I was on my run the other day and I thought, what am I doing? Why do I work out? I work out because I'm conditioning myself. I, I'm giving myself more endurance, more stamina. Mm-hmm. I'm becoming stronger. Mm-hmm. That's right. So shouldn't we in our spiritual walk That's right. think of ourselves as athletes? Good. Yes. And as new moms or even older moms, it doesn't matter. It's exhausting. Yes. Disciplining on the day in, the day out is exhausting. Where are you going for your energy? What's your source? That's good. Oh, we yeah. just talked you know? about this. What is your motivation? Uh-huh. What is your heart's motivation? Why is it important? Right. And I'm so glad that you said this because something that I have said often is discipline cannot be compartmentalized. If you cannot display discipline in one area of your life, Mm -hmm. what does that mean? That means you probably won't be disciplined in another area. If you don't have the discipline to not gain 100 pounds in a year and apologize if this is offensive to anyone, but... But by George, that's not very disciplined. And you it probably shows in other areas of, of your sure. life. Correct. And yes. and that means you're probably not disciplined to to not binge watch something. You're mm-hmm. probably yeah. not super disciplined to get a lot of work done. Like it yeah, will yeah. bleed into other areas. It will. But you might not be a disciplined friend. And so to start this behavior, I'm saying all this because it starts with our babies. It if does. we can encourage them to grow in discipline they will become grown-ups uh-huh. who are disciplined and who I, are they watching and they're watching are they, you right. and Good. and this let me just drop this it's my favorite quote mm-hmm. of, of all time and that's saying something because i have a lot of favorite quotes <laughs> this one is my favorite i wrote it down years almost 10 years ago in college in a new church that i was attending and he said I thought it was a Billy Graham quote at the time, but now I don't know. Either way, he said, you teach what you know 
but you reproduce who you are. And why is that? It's heavy, isn't it? Why is that? It's because children, we can tell someone day and night, but it's monkey see, monkey do. Sure. Our kids can yeah. hear us say whatever we want to say. We can say, Eric and I talked about this. We can mm-hmm. say, oh, you've only got so many minutes on your iPad. But mm-hmm. then we can sit in front oh. of in front of our yeah, phone for six hours. <laughs> Hashtag convicted. I know, got yeah. me. Um, mm-hmm. So what are they seeing us wow, do? that's so yes. good. Yes. Because we can teach them and be teachers mm-hmm. and sit down and do lessons yeah. and teach them all kinds of lessons. But unless we are living that as examples to them it doesn't matter so the discipline the the child discipline starts with self-discipline as parents amen absolutely Um, and that goes back to the second timothy 1 7 when i opened up earlier you know talks about god gave us the spirit of self-discipline and self yes Yes. for the spirit is self-control and so yes monkey see monkey do Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. oh gosh this is just so good yeah i hope they don't feel like we're we're hounding on like spank your kids and it has to be negative. <laughs> why don't we, no, why no, don't no. we, cause I'm, I'm going to yeah. bring the second grade teacher out in me. And this is what I practice. I at love home. it. Cause we're getting, I, I yeah. wanted the two of you because I knew that you each had so much unique, like yeah. s- just stuff to bring to the table. Yeah. So when I was a teacher, when I was a second grade teacher, I thought oh, I'm going to be such a good mom. I'm going to be such a good parent. Like I got this. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Because you know how it is. Your kids are going to act better for other people than for you. Okay. Right. It's true. But I will say one thing that worked beautifully in my classroom and in my home is positive reinforcement. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, you know, that trains your mind as a parent. I really want to concentrate on looking for the things that they're doing right. I don't care if it is like you got a paper towel and cleaned up the mess in the kitchen. I'm going to praise my kid for that. Oh, I love that. Yes. And so what we've done, this might be an idea, is that we've done a heart in our jar. So we have a jar and these little hearts that whenever I catch you doing something, you know, I don't know, changing the baby's diaper yes. when I didn't even ask you, you yes. know, just those fruit of the spirit kind of things like yes. kindness, goodness, you're going to get a heart in your jar. Yes. And then they physically see how many times that they have been I love so that. good. And then they get to choose what they're working for that. in the beginning. So right now we're actually working towards a yes day and I'm terrified, but that's, <laughs> they what, keep that's what we're asking me for, for that. And I'm like, uh-huh. They've seen the movie. Oh, they, I love this. Okay. So <laughs> Asher has started doing this. He started kindergarten and they've started doing this in their class. And so every day he comes home and he's like, mama. And he like tells me about like our whole class did good today. And like, you know, there's a, a reward at the end. And then they personally have I love words. it. Yeah. And so it's something they can see. It's tangible mm-hmm. and it's rewarding. Yeah. And it's biblical because the Lord says that we reap what we sow. So if you teach them, if you're sowing good things and kindness and love, you're going to reap good things. Yeah. So yes. I love that. I'm going to mm-hmm. use that. First. And if they're acting up, I mean, my first go to is, you know, first of all, is that a fruit of the spirit? Mm-hmm. Right. And is that how you're going to earn, you know, a heart in your jar? Love that. Oh, that's so good. Yep. See, so my typical go to for Asher right now is, was that a good choice? And that, and I think too. I asked him that because he's heard me pray for so many years. God help us to choose to do the yes. right thing, even when it's hard. And he has seen me reinforce that when he does mm-hmm. something that, you know, he chose the hard, you know, the right thing, even when it was hard. And so I found that it's more effective for me to say, buddy, do you think that that was the right thing? Do you think you chose to do the right thing? Because that makes him stop. Think, yes, think about it instead of it being like oh i'm bad because that's usually we have 
worked and that worked negative on this self-talk. negative yeah. self-talk. Yeah, we're facing that yes. right now. It's, yes. it's so crushing to a parent, uh, negative self-talk, and he'll say, I'm bad, or do you think I'm mean, or, you know, just all these and things. And that's where you just want to lay and, your hands and, and say, in the name and of Jesus, right. you know, you're not believing that. That's well, a lie. that's why... A, positive reinforcement, but B, that's why speaking what God says about who they are over them. And I did a whole episode on words of life. Yes. And I did a whole episode on speaking life over your kids. And and I'm not just saying like, we're going to manifest this. What I'm saying is that voice in your head, that voice, we've worked on this. He can identify it as that Satan. Like we go back to the story of Eden, right? Mm -hmm. And the snake comes out and talks to Eve and the snake, what did he do? He lied. He That's lied good, to her. Anna. And so I'll say, now, buddy, was that true? No. Okay. If it wasn't true and it was a lie, where did that come from? It came from the snake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. It came from Satan. Yes. And so we'll flush it. We'll get rid of it. And then I'll say, God tells you. Yeah. That you are good. God That's doesn't good. say those things about you. You're mm-hmm. giving him a filter. That's yes. right. That's right. I'm hoping to already teach him if he's already got this negative self-talk and that is the enemy coming at my child if he's already got that then i want to equip him and part of the way that we equip our kids is with the word of god so that's where kind of verses come into play and it's not just for memorization sake it's so they know what god says about them and who they are in the bible good is it the book of mark it talks a lot it's so many times that that they say be on guard uh-huh. Be on guard. Yes. Be on guard. Guard your heart, for from it flows the wellspring of life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what I'm like making notes in my head, but like that's what you're teaching, mm-hmm. Asher. And kind of how we stepped in here today, we recognized that the enemy was after us. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I can't I can't even tell you listening, there's been a lot of prayer this week over this conversation and over mm-hmm. each and every one of you listening. Yeah. And just that it is being sown into fertile ground and that you have received whatever it is that God is yeah. trying to speak to you through us. Because we didn't come really prepared with notes or I mean we brought our Bibles. That's what we brought. Yes. <laughs> what else do you need? Okay. Uh-huh. Um, Holy Spirit. Yes. Gosh, I'm trying to think of anything. I guess I okay, we did get a lot of people that ask about potty training. <laughs> I'm gonna throw oh, that to you, Kat, because yeah. Asher was the hardest. I've also heard that boys are harder, which uh-huh. you know, the great joy is yeah. that I have we'll have three of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, and I had them side by side with the twins. Yes, it was yes. a whole oh, different wow. ball game. Yeah, and, and you got a boy and a girl, so uh-huh. that is like two you can be our uh our go-to here because yes. I literally gave up. I've had someone say, "Well, mine's, you know, about to turn two or is two And okay, I'm like, but we were three and a half before we <laughs> yeah. even made progress. Yeah. And then regression. It's You'll get there, okay? I don't even know what else to tell yeah, you. You'll and, get there. And, you know, and for you, did Asher regress yes, when yes. you had Asher Ames? Asher turned three uh-huh. a month before Ames was born. I didn't even, I started potty training before, but we were terrified to go number two on the potty. And yeah. so I kind of just let it go because I was like, I have a newborn. I, yeah. mm-mm. I had another C-section. So I'm like, let me just recover from the surgery and then we'll think about it. Yep. And eventually, because our birthdays land where they do, it was summertime, and so I just let him go naked. Okay, I'm gonna tell you all on something. the back porch. Y'all ever sorry, met a- neighbors? <laughs> <laughs> we might have pooped That's out the there a couple times. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> uh, I mean, what did they do before indoor plumbing? Right. Exactly. Let me let me ask you though. I mean, have you ever met a college kid 
that poops his pants are still right. wearing a diaper. <laughs> that's right. No, it's that's true. That's the hope, y'all. It's they're true. Gonna, they're going to get tired of it. Yeah. They're going to get tired of sitting in their poop. Yes. So <laughs> I think the biggest lesson is just be patient. Yes. Don't yes. force anything. Yes. And, and don't force anything for your convenience. Oh, absolutely. Like, you know, oh, I just don't want two babies in yeah. diapers. Well, if your kid's not ready. Right. He's not ready. If you're going that's on a true. road trip, slap a pull up on that kid and go. That's what I'm like, saying. <laughs> yep. It's okay, mama. Yeah. You know, Lily Kate, my daughter, that's a twin to a brother. She taught herself in like 18 months. I mean, she was like 18 months old and she was already peeing on the potty. It was just, she wow. was interested. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm not going to say she was fully potty trained. No way. But right. that's when it started. She was interested. Yeah. yeah. She was ready. Uh-huh. And, and Asher, brilliant little boy, had no interest because he was too busy yes. doing a million other things. Mm-hmm. To stop, to go potty. I have a first grader who still comes home with accidents. Same. Yeah. But you Same. know why? Because he's shy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's afraid to speak to out. Ask. He's to afraid to, to ask. Sure. Now, see, we have been, and this is just real talk, but we've been coming home several days a week. School started three weeks ago. Several days a week having multiple yeah. accidents. Yeah. And why? I like to think it's because he is a brilliant little boy that is so busy that he has a million other things that he's learning and exploring and he just doesn't yeah. want he honestly a little lazy and doesn't want to take the time yeah and yeah. That, that's i would say that's my son too yeah is he is he's highly intelligent and he's and well do you know what i've done for it because i, I got so tired of harping on him like Buddy, you're smart. Like, I don't want to call him lazy. I don't want to call. Uh-huh. You know what no, I mean? She's like, using some reverse yeah. psychology over yeah, here. I know. <laughs> um, yes. Smart. So finally, this last week, he came home and I was like, okay. He had wet through his extra pair of pants because kindergarten, they pack extra undies and pants. Mm-hmm. And um, he'd wet through those and the extras. Yeah. So they sent him home in like, you know, some borrowed. He said, it is so kind that they let me. <laughs> But it, I so mean, of course, he's, his little let, voice. Let him, he's got to come on the podcast so everybody can hear he his should, precious voice. He oh. said it was so kind of them to wet me. So Where'd these pants? And I was like, <laughs> okay, leave it to him to pull out the, the positive because oh he's a tiny goodness. little seven. He's sweet. Um, but I said, OK, I said, well, baby, if you're going to if you're going to wet your pants, then you can wash them. Oh, yeah. And so commences like <laughs> the lesson on the quick wash cycle for him washing his own wet clothes and he was like i don't want to wash my clothes and i was like well i don't either Uh (laughs) uh-huh mommy that's better (laughs) that's awesome so um there you go parenting tip i will this is the first week so i will let you know if that plays out (laughs) but um but we're gonna try that for a minute yeah i love it i I mean my best piece of advice is just don't force it i'm i'm very big on baby led i mean that's even with nursing mm-hmm. potty training any of that when they're ready when they're ready, let you know. ready i also remember being a young mom and being afraid that they weren't like gonna get enough to eat or this or that. oh yeah and i remember my mom saying they'll eat when they're hungry yeah. they'll let you know and they will yes yes they will literally eat when they're hungry you know you go through that picky phase where they only eat yogurt or cheese mm-hmm. you just ignore we're still oh, there yeah. we're still there yeah um and it's like they'll eat when they're hungry and they are like what and, and and then it gets to a point where they're never not hungry. That's true. Oh, yeah. We're kind that, of there. That, that. Yes. So true. Um, so, yeah, for any mom listening and it's your first and you've got all these big questions and mm-hmm. you're like terrified over every detail, take a breath. Yes. Because you'll get through it. Yeah. And you will. remember the truth <laughs> that God chose you as their parent that and trust right. you with the best judgment right. for them. That's right. 
And mm-hmm. so again, encouragement, like if yes. you're having that a day and uh, some of you guys were honest and vulnerable and said, some days I just feel like I'm not a good mom. Oh, I hate We've that. Been there. I, yes. We've and it's been a there. cycle of shame. It, yes, is. it is. And and I just want to say right now, I rebuke that in the name of yes. Jesus Amen. over your life. Yes. Because God would Amen. not have given you mm-hmm. that baby mm-hmm. for you to be their mother That's if right. he did not know that you were the one that they needed. Amen. Because God knew each and every one of us before we were even formed in our mother's womb, mm-hmm. which means to me that he chose who our babies are going to be. Oh, yeah. and, and for generations to and come. And for generations to come. So next time you get to feeling like, I'm not a good Guess what? God thought. That's God right. God knew that you were exactly what that little tiny person needed. Mm-hmm. And yes. he also knew that you would mess up yes. and make mistakes and that that's perfectly fine because your baby's going to grow up to mess up and make mistakes. And that brings me to another point. I think okay. it's really important for our kids to see us mess up. Oh, gosh, yes. I think it's so important for our kids to see yeah. us apologize. I, I think it's really important for us, for our kids to see humility in us. Yeah. I think that's a something our generation can do because if, and I'm speaking from experience with my parents' generation, that was not something that that's was modeled to me. Yeah personally and you know coming from the south i feel like largely we i know that i came from kind of a place of we don't talk about anything yes we just don't private it's very Mm -hmm. private Mm -hmm. and you know and that's and i think that speaks to an older generation and i respect you know a, a lot of of those principles of of being quiet and not talking about all these things but they're you know, the older you get, the more you're like, oh, I kind of wish that somebody had like sure. said something about that. Yep. Or yes. like, I never knew about that until well into my late 20s. Yeah. You know, right. so I think that there's a balance. And I, I really think probably this whole podcast is just about finding that balance as a parent, but always your guidepost being the Bible. Yeah. Yes. Because the Bible, like, it's the inerrant word of God. There's nothing false or untrue in it. Yeah. God spoke it. It is black and white. It is black and white. And so if you're having an issue wondering if this is right or wrong, let me tell you, it's in the Bible. Yes. That's your manual. That's your manual. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Guys, I just wanted to thank you so much for listening in today. I hope you have enjoyed this conversation. And if you have, then tune in next week because we will have part two of this great, great topic of parenting with Erica and Catherine. So stay tuned and we will have part two coming at you shortly. Thank you so much for listening today. If this episode has encouraged you, please feel free to share it with your family and friends. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world today, and my hope is that this show is a candle in the dark.